0: Passion has always been something that's the way I perceive and view life. I can't just walk around oblivious to the beauty around me, around life's beauty, because you don't know how long you have. When you talk about passions, there's the experiences that go into these passions. Sometimes the biggest successes come from your biggest challenges. There's always these challenges. And I'm glad to say they can be stories that make up a very colorful life. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to
1: just find enjoyment in everything you're doing. Kerry Smolensky lives his life with passion and strives to help others in everything he does. As the founder of CSP Worldwide and the Kerry Smolensky family of companies, Carry wears many interesting hats in his professional life. He's best known to the Cutco Vector family for providing his outstanding support as the producer of numerous company events. You'll be amazed at the scope of what he does beyond this most visible role. This episode is full of crazy stories and valuable lessons, and it's a fascinating look into the experiences that build a passionate life. I know you'll enjoy this conversation with one of Cutco Vector's favorite friends, Carrie Smolensky. Welcome to Changing Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. This podcast was originally created to spotlight the leaders, alumni, and friends of the Cutco Vector marketing community who are leveraging their positive influence to empower people all over the world to change their lives. Every few weeks, We go outside of the Cutco Vector sphere to bring you a guest who is teaching others how to have a more successful and fulfilling life, both personally and professionally. The special guests we bring to you here in episodes like today's are successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. The lessons they share are compelling, real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. The intro today will have said that our guest is a special guest from outside of the Cutco Vector sphere. But that doesn't really tell the whole story because my guest today, Kerry Smolensky, has been a part, truly a part of the Cutco Vector family for about 30 years. He has been producing Cutco Vector events pretty much ever since I can remember and uh, handled many of our big national events for the past couple of decades and really been intertwined with the Cutco Vector family in a big way, including having had his son sell Cutco. Kerry is the founder and president of CSP Worldwide, which is a family of companies. He does producing, he does facilitating, he is an entertainer, author, speaker. He wrote a book called Living Life with Passion and Helping Others. Here it is for any of you watching on video. And Kerry has been somebody I've known pretty well now for many years and really looking forward to having him featured here on this podcast. Carrie Smolensky, welcome and thank you for being here.
0: Thank you, Dan. Pleasure to be here and uh, really an honor to uh,
1: share some thoughts with the Cutco world. Yeah, excellent. Well, I have not learned a whole lot about your personal background, Carrie, from way back before we've known each other. And uh, I'm sure that our audience would love to hear more about that. So why don't you, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself?
0: All right, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, and uh, I had a passion for DJing and music. And in high school, I became the music director of my radio station. I had a radio show. I started doing parties, and that's when I started mobile music interactive entertainment at the age of uh, 14. So through high school and college, it was a way to make money and have fun and, and follow something I've always loved. And I've always been a very independent person. I was, um, on the wrestling and swimming teams and varsity. And I, I was kind of veered towards, uh, individual sports and it would be up to me if I won or lost. And I take a lot of things to heart from my, my wrestling coach back in the day. And, uh, I think that's what built up my perseverance, my, my attitude and mindset in everything that I do in, in not only business, but in my, uh, my personal life. So for some reason. In my earlier life, I thought, gee, it'd be great to be a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I thought that. But I did well as a third-year college student at Loyola University on my uh, dental aptitude tests, and I got accepted into dental school. So I go to dental school. My timing is impeccable. That's, That's when AIDS came out. So the ADA, the American Dental Association put out these, uh, well, you had to wear gloves, face masks, goggles, and we don't know much about it. You could still get it. Mm -hmm. Sears, uh, had these smile centers popping up all over. And I'm looking at this while I had a business DJing that wanted to grow, but couldn't because I'm following this other path that looks like a horrible future at the time. I recently had just met my wife DJing her father's birthday party. And during finals, I told her, what would you think if I uh, dropped out of dental school? And she said, well, I'd support you in whatever you do, but maybe you should finish your finals first. <laughs> so I finished my finals, and then I went another semester to undergrad just to get my degree and uh, never looked back. So the DJ business expanded into Carrie Smolensky Productions as another division, and that was event production. Having recently just met my wife, she handled doing invitations and party planning and coordination and all those things. And we really grew that that together and the possibilities seemed endless. So really, the, the whole growth of the business was a desire to be a one-stop source to our social and our corporate clients. And back then, it was mostly social. Uh, right now, we're about 80% corporate, 20% social, but we're still involved in all the uh, the elements. After meeting Diane and us getting married, we then had uh, Blake and then Rachel, you know, two years apart and a year into our marriage, Blake was born. So, you know, I'm, we're going to these parent-teacher events and it looks like all the parents there are my parents. So that was a very interesting dynamic. So it's an interesting um scenario. And I I'm basically saying that everything you experience, everything you do, gives you it's like tools in a tool belt. It gives yep. you more experience and you never know when you're gonna need to pull it out. But these experiences are really priceless. Shortly after our kids were were born a few years later, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that was kind of a gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching stop to mm. put your entire life in perspective. And she is uh, one of the, not not only a survivor now for over a quarter of a century, but she's one of the strongest, most amazing people that I've ever met and, and honored to be on this journey through life with. Mm-hmm. But I think the things that happen to us make us stronger, not by choice, Uh, Even before we met, Diane was hit by a drunk driver years before I even knew her. So she's had five, six back operations and other situations that she's always in a certain degree of pain, but deals with it, doesn't take narcotics and just made that commitment to, you know, live life. And as a result, we have an amazing family that I couldn't be more, more grateful for.
1: Powerful stuff. Carrie, thank you for sharing that. I I did not know all of those things right there, and I really appreciate being able to hear those things about you and just hearing that lesson that uh, when things happen, there usually winds up being some type of seed of benefit or something positive that comes out of it later that you don't really know about when you're going through it. You have to look at it that way. You you have to have that
0: attitude. In other words, you know, if you have a different mindset. That it's why me and you're self defeating and you can't get out of it. You can't get up from a fall. That's going to change the trajectory of your entire life. So I, I don't know if these things are supposed to happen to us, but I would say that it's how we deal with them and how we go through them that makes us stronger and gets us to some kind of a positive benefit or end or learning experience or survival. I mean, it, it's just how you deal with anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm glad you're not a dentist. Me too. Gary. <laughs> yeah. And your Loyola Ramblers made an epic run to the final four a couple of years ago, huh? Uh, yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> that was uh, about time, but yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, so when and how did you first connect with uh, the Cutco Vector organization? Marty Dimitrovich,
0: I received a call, and I don't know how he heard about me. He heard about my reputation somehow. We were in the same suburban areas of uh, the north, north suburban area in Chicago, and uh, Fiumazanke was um, working alongside him. And Marty had heard about me. He reached out to me, and we met and did a Central Zone event. It was a zone back then. And the rest is history. What struck me about Marty was how much he cared for other people and wanted to cultivate the minds of of the people working in, in Vector and and have the whole educational foundation. And in his latter days, I remember uh, something I'll never forget is I, I came to his home about two weeks before he he passed. And at that point, his bed was set up on the first floor. He'd walk in and go to the right side. And I, I was broken up about his situation. And I, you know, he was more concerned about how I felt. He was more concerned about me than about his own situation at that time. And that was, that was who he was. Mm-hmm. So Marty was the, uh, the person who brought me into Vector. And after doing Central Zone events, expanded into other regions and kind of word got out about what's going on over at Central Zone, you know, with those events, because we, we, we did some amazing things. We brought in the, the back of a, uh, an Air Force bomber, like a jet fighter. It was the back of a, like a, an F-14 or something like that. And we had, you know, red, red lighting. This is before LEDs. This is before all these other technologies we have now, but we created... The smoke and the lights coming out of it. It was for the Top Gun theme and, and, and just so many themes that we created to think out of the box and do things that were just decades ahead of what other people were doing. And he gave me that, that leeway to come up with really cool things. And, um, and that was what was really unique about him. But that's, that's something that, that's how I got involved in Vector and that's how I got my, he had given me my uh, first HomeMaker Plus eight, and uh, on started the uh, Cutco Legacy. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, awesome! And that led to you doing a lot of our national events. I'm sure that's where sure. we first connected. We were trying to figure out exactly when it was we first connected, and it was somewhere in the mm-hmm. early 2000s at one of our national events. What were some of your first impressions of, uh, of the company and, and the leadership when you when you started meeting the people here? That was blown away because we have a lot of different
0: clients. And I would say that there's a lot of times that that a company puts on an event, and I'm going to say a generic company, uh, they put on an annual meeting or they put on a training session because they have to. And it's usually delegated to someone within the company, uh, whether it's the assistant to the president, whether it's someone in charge of promotions, but someone's in charge of putting on this event. And a lot of times what I found is that I care more about the event than the person who is hiring me. They just go through the motions. It's not a company culture. And all of a sudden, Vector, this is a company culture. They really care about doing the events. And I was I was so enamored by that that I really had this affinity. And back in, you know, on the corporate side, back then I was dealing with Steve Portschick. I was dealing with John Kane and Scott Carell and Loretta and, and, and a lot of the same people I'm dealing with now But there was a consistency in the people. There was a consistency in the attitude, no matter who was in charge of an event. The commonality was... It's all about the content. It's all about uh, how can we engage people, and and that's why we incorporate the tools and the elements that we do to make it engaging, interesting, something people want to go back to, and and provide enough time. And over the years, it just keeps evolving, and I I think it's it's amazing. So my my first contact with with Bruce at a national event, I had not met him in person. I went up to him, introduced myself, and and that was it for that event because. I was busy running an event. And then all of a sudden I'm I'm at another uh regional event. And he came up to me and knew and remembered my name. And obviously Bruce meets plenty of people. And that was my first thing that I realized about Bruce. And with Al, Al being a supporter of so many of the uh charities that I'm involved in and and being as I'm a founding member, a board member of Front Row Foundation. Um and, and Al was supporting those things and came to different things. And I found that the leadership and vector didn't just talk the talk, and they were who they were, and they stood up for these things. And people to this day will talk about Bruce of of when you're talking to him, you're the only person in the room, and he remembers who you are, and and, and that means a lot. You know that means a lot to people, and um, I think Alan and Bruce exemplify that leadership, and everyone on the executive team, and everyone in all the regions that I deal with, like you, and the people that that you associate with. It's it's such a great. Level of being all on the same page. And the people that are not on that page don't really last that long here in Vector because it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I do think that one of the things about culture is that when it's strong, it causes people inside to either adopt the beliefs, the attitudes, the actions, the habits, or they go, oh man, I don't fit here, and they leave. And so having a strong positive culture, having a strong culture of integrity, having a strong culture of excellence, of walking the walk, right, as you were talking about, like that—that mm-hmm. uh, that, that's a critical piece, I think, of our, of our company's success for sure. I appreciate you being able to, to uh, have those observations. No, there's one other. I'd love to give a shout out to Mike Monroe.
0: What an amazing asset. Uh, and I've known Mike for decades. What an amazing asset to preserving and honoring. The culture. I know there's always people that that don't do well in Vector, and it's usually because they're not giving it their all or it's not in their heart. But people are always quick to blame a company for their own lack of success. And you know, I know Mike has done a tremendous job in working with social media and uh, being part of the team of everyone else that's helping to present positive information. From the source, and I think now uh, more than ever it's needed. And there's such a great emphasis on the culture, and there's such a great emphasis on the positivity of of what Vector is doing for everyone that works within Cutco to help them become better people, better humans, to care, to give back, whether they stay with Vector or not. So, I mean, all of those things are just huge. And I think as we move at different technology, I think you know, you're evolving as well to figure out uh, the best way to make these things happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then your son, Blake, eventually got into Vector, right?
0: He did. For a while, the uh, central events being pretty close to my house, there may have been some get-togethers after conferences, and we'd have people over and and just bond in an off-work setting. And, you know, we've had people that throughout the years would come over, stay with us or hang or whatever. So Blake's been exposed to a lot of people within the Vector community over the years. First, he was an assistant sales manager in a record-breaking office, which was North Shore. Uh, He was a DM in uh, Schaumburg and in Homewood Flossmoor. He was also part of the uh, Fair and Show team. So he's experienced a lot of those aspects. And then I've also been able to see that side of the vector culture because that's the one side I hadn't witnessed personally. So uh, it's been uh, been great for
1: both of us. Yeah, very cool. Well, let's hear a little bit about the process you've uh, undergone in uh, building your company and explain also like the different avenues that you travel down in, in your work as well. Sure.
0: So as I mentioned, I started as a DJ entertainment company, mobile music. And even that end of it is still a big part of our business. It's a big part of our market. We uh, you know, DJs, MCs, dancers, interactive entertainment. And then with it comes all of the elaborate uh LED walls and backdrops and DJ booths and uh lighted dance risers and cryo jets and special effects and all those things. So about, and and by the way, everything we've done in the company has been done to serve a client in a more fulfilling way. So over 25 years ago, um, I'd always wanted to have a presence in the branded merch industry because our social clients, Always had swag. Our corporate clients always have swag, and they've always had to go through a third party in doing so. So I had met someone who was looking to leave the company they were with, came on board with us, started that end of the business under under Carrie Smolensky Productions, which we soon changed to Custom Specialty Promotions, also CSP. That's where that part of that business started. Until one day that person decided to pick up and uh, leave with all the files. So that was another challenging moment. So my wife, being the rock star that she was, while he was with us, she was doing all of the graphics design and supporting all the orders. So basically, in the next three, four months, she more than exceeded his sales and rebooted the company. Uh, a few years later, uh, incorporated it as a woman-owned business. Now she has an entire rock star team that handles not only branded merch, but different aspects where we are a brand originator in certain aspects. So there there's things where uh, we definitely have a niche with with that business. So that's how that business evolved. But... 16, 17 years ago, I, I started uh, Storm Interactive Entertainment, which is basically taking mobile music on steroids. In addition to our DJs, MCs, and dancers, we now add on rappers, beatboxers, uh, cirque entertainers, live musicians, percussionists, vocalists. So it's now the best of a live group, but using the original artist and layering on different forms of entertainment. So we have two entertainment brands and Curry Smolensky Productions being the production side of things and CSP Worldwide being the overall management company. We really uh, are a one-stop source for social or corporate clients and anything that they need. So really, our family of companies has evolved from just wanting to do more but not to delve into areas where it, it doesn't uh, strengthen our overall brand or spread us too thin with the different people we have running the different aspects.
1: Wow, that that is really cool to hear, Carrie. just uh, all of the hats that you wear in your business role. Everybody that's in Vector that knows you, sees you at our events, and knows you as, you know, the, the production guy.
0: No, 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 they in... don't even know me. No, let me correct you. They don't <laughs> even know me as the production guy. We could have, we're doing SLC, we've done all the decor in the lobby, the walkthroughs, we're doing the whole room, but they know me as the DJ. <laughs> yeah, they know yeah, you as the which DJ. Just, which yeah, yeah. is pretty awesome because yeah. I am DJing it, but that's the takeaway because they're experiencing that. And I don't know what they assume about everything else in the room, but it's just, it's very interesting that that's the takeaway.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They know you as the DJ, but they, there is so much more to what you do. Obviously at our events, there's so much more to what you do, but clearly here beyond just, the production side of what you do there's so many more little pieces to your organization that all combine into this uh massive group of companies that you that you're running so
0: no and and uh, also it's 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 something that is a tribute to how vector has trained their people because some of my clients for decades, have been people that are no longer within the Vector community. People like John Berghoff and people like John Vroman, Hal Elrod. I mean, these are three people that not only did I know them back when they were 18 and over the years uh, developed just a great friendship with them, Justin Donald. I just finished events for for Justin's uh, Lifestyle Investor and John Froman's Front Row Dads. And those were back-to-back before I went out to another event that just brought me full circle because the last event that I did when COVID hit was for a um, Tony Robbins Platinum Partner event. And after that, everything shut down. I took a red-eye back to Chicago. Everything shut down for 15 months. And I just did his next event in Tampa. So oh, cool. that came full circle and, you know, now we're moving to 2023 and, uh, you know, stronger than ever. So yeah. it's, uh, you never know where where life turns and everything is relationship based.
1: Yeah. Well, you've had such great success and so many things you're doing, Carrie, I'd love just to hear from you what you feel like are some of the keys to your success, uh, both personally and professionally. Well, what, what comes to mind? First thing that comes
0: to mind is my no excuses mindset and that there's no plan B. When you're going to do something, you do it. You don't just half-ass it. Mm. And I have to say that because there's challenges in everything that we do in life. There's challenges personally. There's challenges in business. There's situations that are unexpected. And you have to go through life like a ninja you have to be aware of these things. You can't be self-absorbed in your headphones on or looking at your phone and not being aware of what's around you. It's really about learning from mistakes. Everyone has problems. Everyone has failures. And if you don't learn from them, then you've, you've gained nothing from it. So I think the biggest part of success is to never give up and never just never stop trying and and if something doesn't work one way figure it out another way right and sometimes the biggest successes come from your biggest challenges and i i like to use in my book i talk about challenges versus problems because a challenge you can find a solution for covid was a challenge covid was a situation that was ramping up and all of a sudden everything closed And who would have thought that the event industry, the entertainment industry would ever shut down? So while we were shut down for 15 months of no live events, our diversity in the company allowed us to thrive. I jumped over to the uh, promotional products, the branded merch section. And some of the things that we already have been doing, uh, we do the white coat ceremonies for doctors and veterinary and, and all the people that it's a symbol of achieving a certain point in their uh, their training. So their their white coats and there's uh, embroidery and there's patches and labels and all kinds of different things. We also deal with all kinds of scrubs. But I quickly learned using that Bachelor of Science degree that I never thought I'd use that when it came to PPE, none of our current vendors were competent in hmm. that aspect. And I, as I'm coming back on the plane, back to Chicago, all right, my, my entire business is shutting down. I don't know for how long. What is there a need for? So I quickly figured out how to become a uh, supplier to the government for PPE. It was a lot of sleepless nights. It was many weeks of getting paperwork and in, in, in business plans in what we were doing with it. And uh, after about a month, I was able to get custom specialty promotions approved as a vendor, not only to the government, but as an emergency proclamation vendor. So with that being said, I was bidding on some very large orders. The first one that was secured was a million isolation gowns. Lace isolation gowns are used for different levels of surgery and uh, the GSM, which is grams per square meter, there's different numbers based on the level. So we did half a million of one GSM and another half million of another GSM. And although that was prepaid, there were stipulations. If we didn't deliver 25% of that product within a three-week period, we'd have to refund the entire purchase amount. We were talking about $5 million at this point. So talking about pivoting, I figured out how to have boots on the ground in China, how to deal with the uh, CDC approved manufacturers that were on the appendix of the CDC for only medical grade. And uh we did the, the money transfers when the product was finished. I had the team that was on the ground make sure that a quarter of the product went on air freight, which we tracked day by day. Uh the other seventy-five percent not
1: on a not on a boat that would take forever and be well, the other seventy-five
0: percent was on fast vessel, which we brought into Long Beach and then we railed it to Chicago and palletized here oh. uh, and <laughs> delivered ahead of schedule. So you know, where there's a will, there's a way. But I think that when you are up against a wall, your experience, your entire life, everything you've learned kind of becomes an asset to figure out what am I going to do? Yeah. And since then we've been providing everything from nitro gloves. And when, when no one had COVID test kits, I had pallets and pallets until one day the president decided to give them away for free. <laughs> And that kind of dried up that end of it. But the thing is, you have to evolve and you have to figure it out. And there's no excuses. You either do it or you don't. And you don't blame other people. You don't blame uh, the climate. You don't blame what's happening. You you figure it out. And that's one of the uh, challenges and growths at the same time that I'm most proud of to date. Yeah. So it's it's never too late to keep reinventing and, and just figure stuff out.
1: Yeah, amazing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really uh, just fascinated here hearing about all these things that I didn't know that you did that uh, are pretty cool. So congratulations on being able to overcome such a challenging time in your industry by pivoting to another arm of what you were doing and, and coming up with some creative solutions to problems that uh, were out there. So that's pretty cool. Um, appreciate it. Any other key challenges that uh, stand out that you'd want to talk about?
0: Well, there's always health challenges. Like I mentioned, my wife is a a breast cancer survivor. Coming full circle from that, um, a few years ago, she ended up having a stroke. And fortunately, it was in a non-dominant part of the brain, so she had no residual effect. Hmm. But that stroke, we found out was a result of her surviving breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So back in the day when they radiated, it wasn't as targeted as it is now. So over the years, she had built up calcification near the mitral valve in the heart and the clot happened to form back there and shot up to the brain. And she is just super lucky and we are all super lucky and she's you know doing all right. When Blake was 13, a week before his bar mitzvah, he was in a trampoline accident where the other person on the trampoline's heel blew out his orbital socket. Mm. So that was a uh, life-changing health scare as a parent when you... Go through anything with your children, especially something like that, and the thought of them possibly losing their eyesight and everything comes to mind. So there's always these challenges. And I'm glad to say they can be stories that make up a very colorful life. And these stories that are both good, I mean, I don't know why, but I have tons of crazy ones. If you decide to Google my name and NBC, Chicago investigative reporter, report, whatever. There's a story out there that during COVID, I was the target of someone impersonating me, my face, my image to basically upscound um, with other people's money. And it was coming out of Nigeria. Nigeria. It was a Nigerian team of people. And they actually found the person who was behind it that Took all of my images from social media, whether I was test driving like a Lamborghini and it was a picture of me coming out of Lamborghini or whether I'm somewhere doing a Cutco event or I'm donating time doing something. They took all my lifestyle pictures and they created another name and they created a LinkedIn a Facebook, an Instagram. And this person with a different name that looked exactly like me because they were my pictures um, <laughs> was the financial advisor. So every few pictures, there were Bitcoin pictures in there. And the person was trying to get people to fall for uh, the fact that this person was going to help them financially until one woman in England sends me this email that I'm... It started with contacting me through social media, then my wife, and then then an email, and it started to become something I'm reporting to the police and the FBI, until I find out she was actually a victim of the person that looked like me. And he was trying to take money from her and all this, and and, and she was kind of a smart investigator herself, because one of the pictures that they copied, it was me and another author, and they went to the other author's page, and there I was tagged. Oh, ah, wow. And that's how they found Carrie Smolensky, And she thought I was behind all this until NBC got a hold of her and said, no, I'm a victim too. So, yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stories. <laughs> um, wow. You know, someone trying to take over your identity. And with me, it's not just my name, but my image is my brand as well. So, you know, you just have to uh, get through it. And move on.
1: And, you
0: know, it's just crazy stuff that goes on.
1: Yeah. Well, through it all, Carrie, your mantra is living life with passion. That uh, is the title of your book. Tell me about this and how does this concept manifest for you and your family? Well, it's manifested
0: for me all my life in the sense that I, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I mean, anything I can do to push myself physically, mentally, emotionally, and strategically, whatever whatever I can do, I'll I'll do that. I just came back from an epic shark dive. It was something I, I've wanted to do for a long time. And these were bull shark. We were we were surrounded by about eleven bull shark, ten to thirteen feet length. So I mean there's that kind of stuff. So whether I'm I'm doing things for adventure, whether I'm doing something for for charity and, and it, it involves, you know, repelling down 27 stories of the width. Uh, that's something my daughter ended up doing with me. And my son has been involved in a lot of the things that we've been doing to help help others. And as a, as a business, one of the things that we started is uh, something years ago when the kids were little. My wife and I took them back from a Bulls game. We, we went through um, an area downtown in Chicago where the homeless people were, where people that were homeless were were camping out and living in cardboard boxes. And they asked, well, how can we help them? And way back then, we were making sandwiches and bags of food and clothing. And after Thanksgiving, before the holidays and the end of the year, we would go out and find people and give it to them. And so they've learned a lot of things by example. And passion has always been something that it's, it's the way I perceive and view life. I can't just walk around oblivious to the beauty around me, around life's beauty because you don't know how long you have. And even if it's a rainy day, and even if there's beauty in the rain, I mean, you can, you can, you can find the amazing aspect of of life in anything you do. It's your mindset. And that's just how I choose to live my life. It's how people that are close to me have kind of seen that. And, you know, it's really up to them to if that's for them, great. If not, I I respect it. But I think the people that have found that process in, in just spending each and every day are are living a much happier life because I love everything I do. And if I don't love something I do, I find something that I love about it so that it changes my mindset. Mm -hmm. Because whether you like something or don't like something is completely up to you. And you could change that at any moment. So, you know, just like, the old adage, if you think you're right or you think you're wrong, you're right. Either way. So you may as well change your perspective on things. And to get to the point of how you asked that, I was actually finishing up one of Hal Elrod's events uh, coming back from a Best Year Ever Blueprint event that I produced. And it was that one event that I had met a number of people that would would become strategic in some of the things I'd be doing in the future. Uh Kosha Dills, who's an international rap artist, is one of them, is a good friend of mine now. But the, uh, the people that I met on the flight coming home, I was thinking, you know, why is it I'm doing all these things? You know, do I not know what I want to focus on? And I just started writing. And after writing and writing, I, I realized, after you put in your 10,000 hours of doing something, it doesn't mean you can't Learn something else, or become an expert at something else, or have a passion for something else. And I really think that life is way too short to just do one thing. And I like to constantly evolve. I try to constantly be better at whatever it, I'm, whatever it is I'm doing. But from that meeting with Kosha Dills, I've recorded three uh, songs with him already, and the first one is called "With Your Passion," which is a song that I wrote, and that, that was the first rap song that I, I performed, and he was instrumental in it. I've done other songs that came out of life events. For our thirtieth anniversary, um, we renewed our vows in Mexico, my wife and I, and we're now approaching our uh, our thirty fifth. At the thirtieth anniversary, I shared a song with my wife that I wrote, and not only did I perform it, but I also had my son and my daughter perform parts in it too. And it really told the story of from how we met to my son's perspective, my daughter's perspective, to my final perspective. And the words are just so incredibly powerful. The song's called "Woman in My Life. But, you know, like one area is cancer hit. It's like a ton of bricks, chemo radiation, both in the mix, dreams, passions, almost lost. You fought like a warrior, whatever the cost. Our journey will continue to the day I'm gone with you is where I belong. Like there are certain parts like that that build up to a certain crescendo because there was a point in it where I said, stop, I can't do this alone. And that's where I, I thought back to where I would thought I was going to lose her. And I was recording that song after a Vector conference on the West Coast. And my son, Blake, was with me at the conference running it. And we may have told my wife it was a day longer than it really was. And he and I uh, met up with Brother James and a recording studio, and we finished our lyrics to that song. So when you talk about passions, there's the experiences that go into these passions. Writing it and performing it and recording it was so emotional for both my son and I doing it there. And then when I came back to Chicago, I brought my daughter into a a Chicago studio. And we had our bonding time of creating this aspect of her portion of the song for my wife. And then when we played it for my wife, after we renewed our vows, we were all together. And there was that emotional aspect. And then recently, I uh, released the music video to it. Because I had all the footage of us from the studios in California and here and everything else. And that was like another level of emotional experience. So I think I've lived my entire life on creating moments. I say it's important because what do you have? It's not about if you're going to leave a legacy, you're not going to me. It's not about monetary aspects. It's all about the person. It's, it's what lessons, what values. And I I want to say that I've instilled in my family, my kids, with my wife that there's more to life than just going through the motions and 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 making money. Money is a tool, a tool to do what you want to do in life. The work that I do, I love what I do, but it also affords me the opportunity to do the other things and and follow passions and and create and impact other people's lives. And now that my son lives in the city, and my 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 daughter is a special ed teacher in the suburbs, they happen to live uh, like five ten minutes from us. Her and her husband Joe, and uh, right now our, we have we have two grandkids. And Jeremy's like three and a half, and Savannah's uh, over over one. And I wrote a song out of the most ridiculous thing that happened at our house. I went to pick up Jeremy, and both my daughter and and Joe said. No, Papa, you can't pick him up. You've got pizza on your hands. And, I, and there was like a little piece of marinara here and here. So I turned that into, I went to pick up my grandson, Jeremy, looks that I got. Oh, dang, they were scaring me. You can't pick him up, Papa Cino, No, he got pizza on your hands and that won't go. <laughs> that, that's kind of what I turned it into. And then I'm doing an event out in uh, Vienna. And uh, I was like, wow, I'm really close to Israel. So I decided to go to Israel. Kosher Dills happened to have been there at the time. We met in Tel Aviv, uh, recorded the song in full. We toured Israel, traveled the him myself and our our cameraman, and we recorded the music video. And now there's that catchy, funny song that my grandson Jeremy will have for the rest of his life, <laughs> indirectly, you know. But but it's funny. Like friends of mine, they'll say their little kids are, you know, always talking about Papa Pizza Hands or whatever else, but it's, you have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to just find enjoyment in everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what I would attribute my attitude towards, towards passion. And, and that book was really, the reason I wrote that was to share my knowledge and experiences and, and the people that I've met that are, are changing the world and to tell a story that, There's things that are important in life. I have an aspect calling about old school rules and, and, and things that maybe aren't popular now, but are still important. And then the book was written and it's out there with millions of other books. And then I created the passion summit, which was the live experience to it. And I'm excited about uh, next year doing a passion summit uh, 2.0, a very, very cool expansion to it and doing some online opportunities. And we're at a very interesting, uh, Time post COVID, so um, you know, I'm always always thinking and always coming up with some interesting things. I'm excited about some of the new things I'll be doing next year.
1: That's awesome. Something I remember in the book, Carrie, is that you say that uh, your legacy is not sharing what you earned; it's sharing what you learned. And I think that that aspect of how you are changing people's lives has been pretty clear here throughout this conversation right you've you've taken all your experiences in life and you've looked for the seed of benefit you've looked for the lessons you've looked for the positive side you've shared that with others in so many ways within your family and outside your family and just been a, you've been a great inspiration to so many people it's uh it's really cool to see well I appreciate it it's also
0: an honor to be able to share that information and that the stories that I've for one reason or another have been able to accumulate and, and experience. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today, Carrie. This has been great.
0: Well, thank you. It's an honor to uh, share with the Vector community and um, there'll be a link that I'm happy to share where you can download a uh, blueprint to finding your passion, which is uh, one of the chapters in, in my book. And hope you find it resourceful and I uh, hope you've enjoyed the segment. I always love speaking with you, Dan, but uh, great to uh, share information with the Vector community.
1: All right. We will have that link for all of you in our show notes so that you can learn more about finding your own passion. Thank you so much, Carrie. I appreciate
0: it. All right. Thanks so much, Dan. Talk soon.
1: Carrie Smolensky. Everyone, wow, that was a fascinating conversation. So many layers to Carrie's life and business. I really enjoyed hearing a lot of those stories right there. Of course, it's cool to hear the outside perspective from somebody who came into Cutco Vector to produce our events and has met all the key people in the company and had the perspective that he has had about the culture in the organization. Carrie was mentioning to me after we stopped the recording how much John Kane. Has meant in his life, how he's one of his best friends. And it's just been such a key part of the relationship that has built between Vector and Carrie and his team. All the experiences we have are like tools in a tool belt to help us to tackle the next challenges in life. And Carrie describes it as challenges, not problems. Thought that was a great insight. And then one of my favorite insights was where he said, You find enjoyment in everything you're doing. You can see exactly how Carrie does that. He looks for the good in every experience, strives to live his life with passion. Just so many great insights there. Kerry referenced a song he wrote with the rap artist Kosha Dills. It is called With Your Passion. And we will wrap up today's episode with that song right now.
2: Time to be a member for the day I can't play Never thought it'd be weird Pursuing my dreams But love comes before the cheese And before the cream Before I peen for the goal, same gave up on Hip-hop possessed me To create a song That'll inspire you Higher from Inner Fire Truth, yo Do you get it? This one for all my homies Working hard Woke up one day created my own job Help others and give Before I get it back People feel like Damn, is that KG on the track? Mira killed the microphone Every morning with passion if you want change this ain't for hollywood acting so many mountains to climb this ain't aspen not a diss song i'm dissing all my distractions homies on the right side and honey's on the left all my people in the middle who don't know what's next you gotta dream with your vision. the only way to grow is up homies on the left side and honey's on the right all my people in the middle trying to change their life you gotta scream with your vision. Now it's time to show, up.
0: Here's a little secret that I know so well. It seems so simple, I just have to tell. It's all about life, man, so live it to the fullest. Anyone can do it, you don't gotta be foolish. Time is something not easily grasped. It goes and comes, yet no one asks. Where did it go? Why did it leave? You think it is abundant, yet are the only one to see Life is too short, so live it while you can Love is for the loving, so love how much you can Motivate, articulate, demonstrate and never hate Front row living right now, don't procrastinate Favors take too long and I'll be getting old Step up to the plate before the food get cold Hustle, dig deep like a shovel to the soul Sing me on the
2: microphone, my friends are like, whoa Homies on the right side and honeys on the left For my people in the middle, who don't know what's next You got up? With
0: your bed and wake up and create your own luck.
2: Homies on the left side and honey's on the right. All my people in the middle trying to chase their life. You gotta scream with your vision. and Yeah, that's what's up. Homies on the right side and honey's on the left. All my people in the middle who don't know what's next. You gotta dream with your bed and wake up and create your own luck. Homies on the left side and honey's on the right. All my people in the
1: middle trying to chase their life. You gotta.